you and we praise your name. Amen. I was thinking about that sense of the, our hearts burning within us and I was reminded of the passage that often we read after um, Easter Sunday. But I'm going to read it this morning. I'm going to just reduce it down a little as we look. And it's from Luke chapter 24. And it's that well-known story of the two disciples on their way to Emmaus. And they're being joined by a third person. And the two disciples were talking to one another. And alongside them came Jesus. But they didn't recognize him. And he asked them, what is it that you're talking about? And they say to him, well, surely you must know. Where have you been all this time? And they, Jesus says this. What things are you asking about? And they replied, about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel and what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. And they went to the tomb early and this morning, but didn't find his body. And they came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who'd said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. And Jesus said to them, how foolish you are. And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them all that had been said in the scriptures concerning himself. And we know that they continued on their journey until they came to their village and they urged Jesus to stay with them. And he went in. And then when he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And this was the verse that stuck out. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And of course, we know they went back to Jerusalem and told the rest of the disciples and they were just amazed at what Jesus had done. God has done so much. Our hearts burn within us when we think about all that God has done. And yet we are also reminded that because we have God in our lives, we can have peace too within our hearts. I'm sure that many of you have learned the very sad news that Pat Butler um, has, well, it's not sad for Pat, she's been called home to be with her Lord and her Saviour, but for Stephen, there is that sad news that his mum is no longer with him. And as we sing our next song with the words, when peace like a river rolls over my soul, we will pray that for Stephen, that will be a reality for him. And for us today, maybe we need that reminder that our souls are at peace because God is with us. Our hearts can burn within us, but sometimes we need that peace too. And we're going to just pray now before we sing. Father God, we lift up Stephen before you. And Lord, we pray that your peace will roll upon him and that, Lord, his soul will 
just know the comfort of your presence. Lord, we thank you for Pat. We thank you for her faithfulness. We thank you for the way that she lived her life shining for you. We thank you that she had that confidence and that certainty and that, Lord, you have welcomed her home. But, Lord, for those who miss her, for those who are grief-stricken, for those who are mourning, Lord, draw closer than we pray. And as we sing this next song, Lord, may your peace touch the lives of each one of us, we pray. Amen. I hope and pray it is as well with your soul as it is as we are reminded from that song. God is with us. As we are reminded in Exodus 13, when the Moses and the Israelites had crossed the Red Sea, they had the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire leading them day and night, that physical presence of God in our lives. And John 16, which reminds us that when Jesus went back to heaven, he told his disciples, he reminded us, as we can see through scripture, that we have the Holy Spirit with us, walking with us, reminding us, convicting us, burning within us, helping us to know that God has not left us, that God is always with us. And as we sing our next song, we just offer ourselves afresh to God this morning as we say, Holy Spirit, you are so great. There's nothing worth more. Thank you. You should have received your notice sheet either via email or it'll be coming through the post letterboxes this week. Please join us this evening at 6pm where we'll be looking at the final part of the Bible series. And this Wednesday at 7.45, it will um, sadly be the last one of the series where we look at the Bible series in our small groups. Please do join in and all the Zoom details are on the notice sheet. This Tuesday, we have our prayer meeting at 8 o'clock via Zoom and that is open to all. You will see that we are hopefully planning to have in-person services again on Sunday the 7th of March onwards in the morning only. If you would firstly like to attend those services, you will need to um, book in. The booking details um, will be on the notice sheet um, next week. Um, it's really important you do need to book in to ensure a place. And you also have to conform to the COVID um, restrictions that we've got in place. Um, we need to do that so that we can keep the building open. So it's for everybody's benefit and also so that we can keep the building open, that you follow those um rules when you come in. When you come in, you'll know it's a one-way system. Face coverings have to be put on, covering your mouth and nose before you've entered the building, all those kinds of things. First of all, I want to say thank you to those who have already volunteered to be a steward. Um, you have already been contacted, so thank you so much. If you would still like to steward, it's not too late. Um, as mentioned last week, we do need quite a lot of people now because of the restrictions to steward more than we would have normally. So, if you would like to um, be a steward, please do contact Kim. You'll also see on the notice sheet that Hannah is wanting to start um, youth church in person on Sunday the 7th of March. Um, in order to do that, though, she does need help. Um, if she doesn't have any um, volunteers, and unfortunately, she, you know, she won't be able to do it. So if you would like to help, please do contact Hannah. Um, speaking from personal experience, probably the best seven years of service I've done um, in this church was working with the youth. Um, I have brilliant memories and it was a brilliant time for me. So if you would like to do it, please do contact Hannah um, and she'll be more than happy to ask your questions. Thank you.
In case you thought I'd forgotten, good morning, here is my wave. And uh, I was reminded this morning as I met someone while I was out walking and they were out walking, that we can bring one another a smile in all sorts of ways. We can bring offerings to God in all sorts of ways. And hopefully this morning as I've just waved, that will have made some of you smile. I know from messages that you do still appreciate that going on. One of the things we can also do, and you continue to be so faithful in doing, is to bring your offerings or to pay the offerings straight into the bank or however you give your offerings, we continue to be grateful for them. We continue to be grateful for those who continue to support the work of the food bank. And uh, as we gather again in person in a couple of weeks' time or whether you're going to remain at home, we thank you that you have continued to give and that you will continue to give. And we're going to pray now. Loving Heavenly Father, as we recognize that we can give in a variety of ways, whether that's practically or through monetary giving or through the giving of food, Father God, we recognize that in what we give to you, you give us back so much more. You bless us abundantly. And Father God, we pray that in the gifts that are given, that you will use them both here and further afield. Lord, we thank you that we can partner with uh, organizations and agencies, both in Romford, through the work of, of the Food Bank and through GraceWorks, and across our world through the support that we can give to Andy and Rihanna in Moldova and to uh, the work of BMS and other agencies of which we have a partnership. Father God, through what is given, we pray that you will use it mightily and you will use it in a way that touches and transforms lives, that hearts will be touched and lives will be transformed because of what you have done and what you, what you are able to do through our giving. So thank you. Amen. You'll remember that our theme for the year is joy, peace, and celebration. And in a sense, coming back, beginning to come back in a fortnight's time on a Sunday morning is a, is a, a moment of joy and will be a moment for we, which we can celebrate. But we know we've still got a way to go. But as we sing our next song, we are reminded of our text for the year of joy, peace, and celebration as we think about the trees clapping their hands. And I, maybe as you watch this and sing along at home, you might want to get up and clap your hands and, and shout and dance for joy. Let's enjoy this. To the Romford Baptist worship team and Steve, who have put that new version of that song together, I hope you enjoyed it. That great song, You Shall Go Out With Joy. During this season of um, Lent, which began on Wednesday with Ash Wednesday, we're now going forward to, um, into the season of Lent. And there's two things we're going to do in the morning services of Lent. One I will mention as we get to the message. But the other one is we're going to do a series of spots that say, God, I'm not okay. It was recently as we had our staff meeting and we were talking together, we felt that a number of us were saying, we're not okay. And there was a number of people we are meeting who are saying, it's not okay. So we felt it was important in the morning services just to pick this up a bit and to just share what's going on. And today I want to talk about anger, rage, 
crying, hurt, despair. Things that I have found people struggling with recently. It's emotion. And it's something that often we avoid talking about. That outbreak of anger and rage. Maybe you were watching the BBC this morning and you saw that Icelandic quiz show where the other team got the, pri- the answer right and one of the contestants threw over the lectern he was standing against and stormed off the set in an absolute rage because he was not winning. And despair has caused us so much pain. And maybe we have found our tolerance and the tolerance of others decreasing as this world has given us something we struggle with. So what do we do? And what we want to do in these guards, I'm not okay, is just to be honest about it. That's how people are feeling. Not to put guilt on it, but to just say it is actually part of our humanity. And to actually give some questions suggestions of what we do and the first one here is to step away from the place where we can sin or hurt others yes getting angry is natural causing pain to others is not and so we need to put ourselves in a place of safety physically mentally and safe that we don't hurt others Secondly, we need to be honest with ourselves. It is okay not to be okay. If we say we're not angry when we are, we can cause more hurt and raging and despairing to others. And in trying to deny it, we're lying to ourselves and lying to others. Thirdly, let's tell God how we really feel. It's okay to tell God how we really feel. And to be that honest. This morning we are going to be looking at the burning bush. And at the burning bush, God met with Moses and Moses argued, but God broke through. And gave Moses hope. And finally, if it's got out of control, seek help. Because anger and that can be very destructive. Ask for prayer. And also seek to put right the damage you may have done in anger. Spend some time in prayer, praying through the descriptions of God, the God who is our peace, our help in times of trouble, our shepherd, our counsellor, our rock. Spend some time just thinking about the descriptions of God. God, I'm not okay. It's okay to admit it. But let's seek to move to a better place. Let's pray. And Father God, many of us feel we're not okay. But we thank you, Lord, that you are a God who doesn't throw us out. 
but welcomes us in. You don't shout and scream, but you hug and hold. Lord, help us in our anger. Help us in our rage. Help us when we're crying and when we're despairing and when we're hurt. Help us to know your presence with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next song is that upbeat song from years ago, Shine, Jesus, Shine. This morning's reading is Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites and the Jezebites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are saying to the Israelites. I am has sent you to me. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to remembered from generation to generation.
Thank you, Haley, for reading the scriptures to us this morning. And so we come to Lent. As Baptists, it's not a season we necessarily follow religiously, but it can be useful to focusing our minds. Traditionally, it's also remembering Jesus in the wilderness. And this year, during our Lent season, we're wanting to challenge ourselves and each person who is on these services to ask the question, do I really know God? Do I really know God? A child was drawing a picture at school and the teacher came up to the child and said, what are you drawing? And the child replied, I'm drawing God. And the teacher replied, well, how can you draw God? Because nobody knows what God looks like. To which the child replies, they will do when I finish my picture. We like to know God and believe that we know God fully. Yet we don't. I've brought along with me this morning a box. We like to try and fit everything into boxes so that we can understand. And maybe we want to get our understanding of God in a nice, neat box that we can fully understand. And in there will be our description of God and our knowledge of God. And we will know how God's going to behave and what God's going to do. And it will be complete within itself. We need to know no more than what is in this box. If only... God was like that. If only God was like something we could just control and know. But God's bigger than that. And I want to suggest, as we begin this Lent season, that actually if we truly engage this season with the seeking and discovery, we will know more about God. But as we know more about God, we'll also know that there is more and more to discover. Our life will be one of an adventure of seeking God and knowing God better as each moment goes by. A song we often sing in our services, all I once held dear built my life upon. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. Yet do we fully know Jesus? Do we fully know God. In this reading from Exodus chapter 3 that Haley read, there is that story which many of us will know really well of Moses coming against this burning bush and in the burning bush to discover something of God, a fire, a holy space, an unknowing mystery that God's going to use as a commission to Moses for his life. The question is, is this the moment when the biblical uh, journey of redemption begins because up to now we have seen the rebellion of God's people and God's people who wanted to know God and be like God. And that led to Adam's first sin. As the serpent said, if you eat this apple, you will have knowledge and be like God. 
such redemption. It's alluded to on the Emmaus Road story that Vicky talked about earlier in the service and how they looked and to see what God was trying to do and they had that words, were not our hearts burning within us? That sense of the fire again. Something burning within us, something growing within us. And God's presence within us should burn as we know, get to know God more and more. And his indwelling within us to grow stronger. To get stronger and more overwhelming than a God in a nice, neat box. So what I want to say this morning is if you believe you really, really know God... And you've understood him. Then I'm going to be probably upsetting you this morning. And saying you only know that which God has so far shown you. There is so much more. You see, God is elusive. He is uncontrollable. And... In the scriptures, it talks about God's profoundly strangeness, which is both attractive and fearsome, of which we instinctively know is part of our faith journey. A faith journey that is walking with God and discovering God and seeing God, who will often break our understandings into new grounds each time richer and more and bigger and more holy and our hearts like those disciples on the Emmaus road can certainly burn within us in those moments when we meet with God onto the screen now will come a picture and this picture is by a Christian artist called Paul Coley. And it presents and portrays something of the attractiveness and the elusiveness of that biblical scene. The bare feet reminding us that Moses was told to remove his shoes because the place he was standing was holy ground. And that sense of where God is, is holy. Yet there's also a hint, not more, of a face in the midst of those flames. The knowing of God. God who was the fire, yet was bigger than that fire. Could not be fully understood. And within Jewish culture... There is a question about that fire, whether the fire that Moses looked into, he saw the suffering of his spiritual descendants, and that was going to be his commission, but maybe even including the multitudes of Jewish people being consumed by the flames of the gas ovens of the concentration camps in the Second World War. And such... Interpretation represent, resonates with the emphasis of the biblical text itself that God has heard and seen the suffering of his people 
and Egypt and has taken the initiative with Moses in order to deliver them. Thank you, the picture can go off. I wonder why God made his presence to Moses known in such a way. If we had been trying to think about how God might have made his presence known to Moses, we might have thought of many other ways. Often in theological terms, the Old Testament images of God are known as theophanies, images of God. And this one, the image of fire, God is showing his presence in something that is uncontrollable, powerful. Yet you could not keep that as a graven image. You could not capture or possess this fire as something that you now had God and you now had control of God. Fire tells us that God can neither be tamed or controlled. So often, our theologies, our understanding of God, wants us to control God and recreate God in our image. Going back to the picture of that boy, he will have created a picture of God as he understood it. As if our human brain can fully understand and show God in any image. Fire can cleanse. Fire can, dis- can give pure, uh, take iron ore and make it into something useful. Fire is something that humans depend upon. Those of us who've been in the church for the last few weeks have been glad for fire or that in a controlled boiler that has heated up this building, sometimes not as hot as we would have liked it. It's quite a balmy 18 degrees today. We are so happy. A few weeks ago, it did not get above 11 and I was getting complaints from Vicky and Haley. Not that you could ever imagine that, could you? Fire gives us warmth. The presence of God warms within us. Yet it's so dangerous, it will not leave us untouched. It forces a response. God being revealed as a fire gave so much of a predicament of what kind of God is this. Yet Moses, in that moment, as he heard the voice from the fire, recognized God as the all-powerful, the omnipotent, the creator. He removed his shoes and stood in that holy place. This Lent, as we focus on knowing God, we need to be open to the presence of God 
coming to right where we are as we seek to, <coughs> to discover, as we seek to find. And I'm very careful to use that phrase, to seek. You see, Lent, as it's often described, is a time of concentration. Jesus going out into the wilderness and being exposed to all the powers and principalities of darkness, yet also knowing his purpose and his calling upon his life. He found his father in amidst that. And I invite us as a church to go through this Lent process and to really seek God, actively seek God. Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount talked about seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God. We often wait for God to come to us. As if, here I am God, when you feel like it, just come. But this Lent, I encourage us to seek him. To get to know him better. So we looked at the fire, but I want to now look at God's name. In the reading where, which Haley gave us at the beginning of this sermon, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. It comes to a moment where a name of God is revealed. It happened as a result of a plea by Moses to enable him to carry out the mission on which he has been sent. Who shall I say sent me, says Moses. Names are significant, aren't they? If we know someone's name, we know something that is very important about us, them. But it also can make them vulnerable. In the ancient world, it was believed that to know the name of a god was to be able to control that deity. That's why they had so many gods with names. In the ancient world, it was believed that to know the name of God enabled you to control it and to shape it. You remember in the New Testament, as Paul was going from place to place and came to this image of the unknown God and talked about the God you could know but couldn't put in an image. There is a thread that runs through the whole Bible and certainly through the Old Testament to suggest that the partly for the reason was God that was God was unwilling to disclose his name to human beings is it risked turning God into a sort of puppet that was known. And so to reveal his name is to risk is a risk for God. Yet, if God had not done so, the people would remain slaves in Egypt forever. And for the sake of the people God loved, God was willing to make himself vulnerable by sharing this name with human beings. Yet, 
intriguingly, the name that is disclosed and the explanation that's given of it, it continues to reinforce the sense of mystery of who God is. The four Hebrew consonants which make up the word Yahweh, often written in English, Y-H-W-H, makes up the Hebrew verb to be. And being is a notorious fluid concept. It is not something we can easily pin down. Indeed, we have made many different ways to try and seek to interpret this description of God, yet it does, any one of it is incomplete. And so when we talk about God being the one I am who I am, the phrase seems to conceal as much about God as it reveals. It preserves God's sovereign freedom. Even while God was promising Moses, and I will be with you. The witness of God, God's presence with Moses, enabled him to go forward with the commission he has without ever fully knowing God himself. And God's witness throughout Scripture is what God seeks to be with the followers and those who seek him but they never fully understand. And I want us on this Lent journey to understand God with us. Isaiah talks about God being Emmanuel. God with us. And that's a description of Jesus, but still doesn't fully describe who God is. This Lent, will you journey with us to discover more of God for yourself? As you go through the scriptures, you find more and more descriptions of God. When we were talking about the God, I'm not okay, we talked about some of those descriptions of God. God who is a shepherd, our strength, our help, our shield, our comforter, our foundation, our provider. And we have so many other descriptions of God. But there is more to God for us to discover. I've had the deep privilege of being married to Vicky for nearly 33 years. And you who know Vicky know what she's like. I have found in 33 years, I still discover new things about Vicky. All are wonderful, of course, I need to say, because this is on record. But there is still a freshness. As we spend time together, we get to know each other. And we as humans, who are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, 
have many different dimensions. God has even more. And many of them are beyond our knowing, beyond our understanding. As we go through this journey, as we go through and seek to know God more, we will never fully know him. but we can discover more. And as we discover more, our faith will grow. We will grow stronger. One day we will meet God face to face and that day will be a glorious day as his son which died for us to give us eternal life comes and takes us to be in glory with him. But for now, we will know in part. Let's not limit God to our understanding that we can fit in a box. Let's not limit God to our understanding of the journey that we are going on right now that God's taken us on. But let us seek for a deeper and deeper knowledge of God. A God who is mysterious, elusive, uncontrollable, mysterious, free, dangerous, yet vulnerable. What's your response today? Well, it could be, Ian, you don't know what you're talking about. This is exactly what God's like. I challenge you, look again. But it could be, I want to know God even more. I want to go deeper. I want to go really deep and to begin an active seeking and exploring to discover dimensions of God you haven't even glimpsed. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you is the greatest thing. Can you imagine how much greater it will be to know God even more? Join us on a Lent journey of discovery. Amen. As we come towards a conclusion, in a moment we're going to have some prayers of intercession. Before we do, we've got that very simple song, For the Joys and For the Sorrows. And so we come to God in prayer. Let us pray together.
For this, we have Jesus and dear God. The God we know in part, yet wants to be known by us. We come to you, Lord. We come to you, Lord, in our weakness, in our frailty, and we come in prayer. Lord, we uphold those who at the moment are mourning. Particularly this day, remember the family of Pat Butler. And bring Stephen to you, Lord. And Lord, as those who are looking at his continual care, make decisions. Lord, we pray your hand of guidance upon them. We pray for all those who have recently been bereaved. And Lord, as they think of you as the one who is, may they know you as the God who comforts. For those who are celebrating at the moment, we thank you, Lord, that you are a God who is one who accepts joy with us. And Lord, as Ken and Pauline have become grandparents to Ellie this week, for Simon and Joy, for Ken and Pauline, we pray, Lord, that they will know your delight and your hand upon that creation that you put together, that you made. And Lord, we pray for those who are ill, for those needing a touch from you at this time. Lord, we have the list on our notice sheet for Lillian, for Don and Daphne, for Brian Sharp, for Mavis and Arthur, for Joyce, for Jean, for Sheila, for Malcolm, for Barbara Khan's brother, for Mel Pigeon's dad. Lord, we pray you will be with all those and those who are worried about people in hospitals, those who are affected by the coronavirus. Lord, as they seek you at this time, may they discover the God who is, the God who will be strength and comfort. Lord, at this time we pray for our government. 
for our Prime Minister as they discern the way out of this lockdown, as they discern the future for this nation and our effect upon other nations. We pray, Lord, you will give them wisdom and strength. We pray for all in Parliament, of all parties, that, Lord, as they seek to play their part, party politics will be put down and combined wisdom will enable good outcomes and directions. And Lord, we pray for your world. And Lord, as this week we have seen a concern and a campaign to make sure the virus hits the poor nation, uh, the virus vaccine hits the poor nations as well as the rich. We pray for a godly justice for the whole world. Lord, hear all our prayers. In Jesus' name. And now may the blessing of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with each one of us. May we know your holy space where you are present with us in our daily living, this day and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for being with us at Romford Baptist Church this morning. And we're just going to conclude with a song, a prophetic song that comes from St. Aldate's Church in Oxford. And it has been written for this coronavirus time. And we're going to use this as we conclude our worship just to focus our minds upon what God is still doing for us, even in our pain. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Join us again tonight at six o'clock. But do wait and just watch and join in this song as we conclude.